0: Last week you said that you were a singer. Hmm? Have you changed who you are? No, 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 okay, no. Okay, reintroduce so the same yourself. Person every reintroduce time.
1: yourself. All right, cool. So I am Leon Maine. I am a writer, producer, and co-creator of the Circle podcast and Roundtable series. I am founder of Insight, a network for Black creatives above the line in TV and film. I am part of the drama commissioning team at BBC. I am. What else have I done? Nothing else. I'm, sorry, I'm a philanthropist i'm a carpenter i'm a singer i'm a graphic designer i'm a dancer
0: it's, i
1: am script editor for dreaming whilst black on bbc yeah you're that exactly i am co-founder of bwg limited production company yes. five projects in 60 countries worldwide
0: oh thank you i am the intro's um, taking even too long all right fine <laughs> who are you then me, I have, my intro is going to be 14 minutes long. I am a queer founder of the British Blacklist, co creator, leader, mentor, designer, and editor of the Circle podcast. I. What's a designer? How do <laughs> you design a podcast? Well, you I designed, designed it. God. <laughs> <laughs> I am also the producer creator of Your Aunties Could Never podcast, co host with the other wonderful aunties, and I am producer of TBB Talks podcast. I am a mother, carpenter, I'm a doctor, of um, paediatric doctor. Why are you a doctor again? Because my daughter's a paediatric nurse, so I'm a paediatric doctor. I have the qualifications adjacently. Um, I'm also a dancer, a singer, a fashion designer, a painter, an artist. Um,
1: Hairdresser.
0: I'm a hairdresser, thank you very much, to the stars only. And to my daughter, who's a superstar, obviously. And I'm literally a mother earth and a mentor to the world. Who are you? Who's some gentleman laughing in the background? You ma- you have to match our energy when it comes to introducing yeah. yourself.
2: All right. Okay, here we go. All right, people. My name's uh, Jimmy Akimbola. Yay. Actually, my name is Jimmy Dele Kumbo Akimbola. You know,
1: Jeez.
2: I'm a grown man living his dream. I'm an actor, an artist, a producer. I am the co founder of Triforce Creative Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am the host of Sorry I Didn't Know, the only uh, black uh, comedy panel show in the world that raises us up. You know what I mean? That is Mm -hmm. not mining trauma, it's educating everybody, yes, and it's on a commercial channel, not on some side ITV6 at 2 (laughs) a.m. in (laughs) the morning. Yeah, I'm a storyteller. I'm a connector. Mm. Uh, 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 I'm a lover. <laughs> I I am a dreamer. You know, I'm an accountability captain.
1: Wow. Um,
2: I I am. Uh, did I say I was a Jedi?
0: No. You have not. That You're adding nice. things. Nice, nice, this nice, is nice. this is this is better. I feel like every time you guys introduce yourselves, I feel like I need a new partner in crime because the the partner I have. It's not his enough. credentials aren't enough. It's not enough. They're not kicking.
1: <laughs> I've got to add to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm good
2: vibes. I'm a good vibes king. Multi, multi award winning uh, <laughs> Godfather <laughs> to <Nice>. my, my <laughs> my children. I'm Uncle Uncle Jay, um, and I am absolutely uh, blessed to be doing this podcast. And I'm EP on Sorry I Didn't Know, on Handle With Care, which is my documentary. Uh, I'm Jeffrey on Bel Air. Jeez, <laughs> that one. And that's why I'm going to end it.
0: Yeah. That was fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, just you've established who you are. But we want to fact check this because sometimes people lie. Well, how we usually fact check is use of ever reliable resource, which is Wikipedia. Okay. Just checking. You played Elvis in a play called Betsy, Betsy. Best, that's what I said, Bessy, <laughs> at the Birmingham rep in December 2004. Is that correct, sir? You know what? Is that that not? is correct. Okay. You go. Why did you? Did. How did yeah. you play Elvis, man? What's going on here?
2: Well, no, but like that was the character's name.
0: Oh. Know?
2: Yes, <laughs> the, yeah, a young guy. He's a black character, and his mum was a big fan of Elvis. You know, you know, it's quite interesting, really, because you're the Elvis movie out right now. Yeah. And I think she named him Elvis just off the back of knowing that Elvis was inspired by talented black folk. But the the the, the important part of this story, basically, is that I was in love with an Asian girl, and you know, there's a moment where we kissed. I remember there was a bit of an issue about that in the play for oh. the community in uh, in Birmingham, but also there was a bit of a I think there was a, yeah, there was abuse, there was a rape, I think, in the Gurdwara. Okay. And uh, basically, it's quite interesting because where we are right now with diversity, inclusion and, uh, uh, you know, storytelling. The one, the play was written by Bhatti, a pre party who's a Sikh woman herself. So that's an authentic writer, right? Isn't yeah. You? And she's writing a story about some women that have been abused within the Gurdwara. And then, but well, I think what happened is the theatre, unfortunately when you invite the community in going, hey, listen to this play, what do you think? And the community say, we don't like it. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then the theatre still went, well, okay, we're going to put it on. I think maybe they should just put it on and then whoever wants to come see it can come see it. But I think the community was very uh, offended that they weren't heard. And then the theatre got attacked. Like, you know, the theatre got attacked and the show got you know stopped The theatre stay got smashed up. Whoa doing our, our dressing rooms. Like I was like I'm from East London, man. If this goes off, I don't care. I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> as soon as it goes up, I was screaming like, up <laughs> the, the door. I honestly it was crazy. What? And then I remember driving out of Birmingham in my, my Vauxhall Tigra back in them days, you know running for my life.
0: I wasn't expecting that answer. Literally, that's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> um, and the final fact, which you can't, <laughs> final fact is, yeah. your first television role was in the black BBC sitcom The Crouches, playing the wow. witty character of Dennis Dutton.
2: Yes, that is correct. Wow, that's 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 where it all started, guys. That's where it all started. You know, I was doing a lot of comedy at the beginning, um, and then to it's quite interesting, you know. Well, look at that job working with people like uh, rest in peace Mona Hammond.
0: Gosh, you
2: know? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know uh, Rudolph Walker, Robbie G, Joe Martin, Danny John-Jules, And legacy, uh, Kim, G, uh, y- Kim G, yeah, yeah, Mr. Showrunner Kim G. he was mm-hmm. 16, I think, on that. Yeah. Day. Um, and uh, Luella Gideon, it was a dream come true because I grew up like watching these 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 kings and queens out. Uh, you know, that generation of talent that I feel should be doing so much more and they're all doing great stuff now, and I think the streamers are changing that. But to be a young actor and to be working with all these sort of fantastic, talented actors, it was, it was the best learning curve for me, best best bit of grounding, do you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and that was in a live uh, studio audience as well. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that is when it all started, it really did.
0: I would say that you're generally not considered a controversial person at all. I think you're everyone's like um, calm, quiet, collected, and just crack, crack on with it. However, the Crouches meant to, speaking of the Crouches, it did suffer a lot of controversy when it came out because of its well, people. The audience response was that it was inauthentic, but it was. It's less about this. is less about the show. It's more about the fact that um, it got criticised. It's very controversial. But like I said, your career path has been quite sage and uncontroversial so was the crouch is like a warning sign like roles that you pick you've got to be careful because this is how the audience can react or is it just generally that the roles that come to you have been subsequently just
2: cool um no it's a really good question i think it definitely made me aware of yeah, being aware of what kind of roles I take yeah. and, and trying to, as much as I can, you know, you can't always control what comes to you by your agents and whatnot. But then there's that sense of like, whatever, whatever I do with my roles, I look, at that age, I was like, I've got to be on top of it. I really got to make sure that I am portraying the character my way. You yeah. Know? Which is a way of true representation and trying to find those nuances that might not even be there written on the page. Very mean. And it's crazy because this was my first big job. I thought this was gonna be like the you know, the fresh Prince of Bel Air for us, and you know, I was I can't mention the other American sitcom because we don't talk about uh (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Mr. Bill. Um
0: I'll (laughs) say it with my chest Cosby show, it was my favorite show. I can't remove that from my history, but yes,
2: yes. I get you. No, exactly, but I thought that this was gonna be that, Mm. and then when you're a young actor and you've got all these great actors around you, then the show gets panned.
0: Yeah, Honestly,
2: you're walking down your streets of East London, and you know it's all in the, in the papers, and the, the voice, the, the sons, or you're across the whole spectrum. It, it was a lot for, for me to to take, um, but and also what it did, I think it was part of my uh, growth of in terms of the type of actor, producer, and creative and artist that I am right now because. I look at how that got set up. Again, you talked about controversy. I've just told you about the Beresti story, and yeah. I do that. I did that role knowing there's going to be an issue about the black boyfriend, and there's going to be an issue about this, you know, the the, the badness that's going on with the Goodwara. But I also know from talking to different people that that these things do happen, mm. not in all Gurdwaras. but and, and, and as a storyteller, I want to tell interesting stories. Mm. So with this one, you know, it was it was great. I think it's the he was a road man, do you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, I'm down for that. i down mm-hmm. for that, you know, I, I know it. And yet, the way that the team came together, we didn't have any black writers for the first season. Uh, I think the Rapsy Nesbitt writer, yeah. Yeah. he was the writer of it. So, like, that guy's got a pedigree, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, he was, in some ways, you could say he might have been big as Ricky Gervais he won't put himself in it but like Rapsi Nesby was huge yeah he was right. and um, but I think from this job I learned straight away that I'm watching the older actors that were much more vocal than me because I was just like happy to get to have the job but I could hear the discussions about this wouldn't happen in the black family mm-hmm. this wouldn't happen at the dinner table we wouldn't say it like that and I was just like ah yeah so that's where you're not seeing true inclusion right mm. do you know what I mean so if you if your room if everybody's looking the same in the room and the room is the decision making room, then this is what happens you you, you hit warbles, right? Mm. yeah and then I, and I think you know I, I remember hearing people like Rudolph talk, Joe was very vocal, Robbie G, and it was a, there were moments where they weren't getting heard, you know, and so I think for me. I think where I am now and the work that uh, we do, Triforce, Creative Network, me, Fraser and Minnie, like we always work from the root in terms of like, inclusion has to be across everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody has to be heard. Um, But for me, I just wanted to shine, man. I wanted to shine and uh, it was hard to be a part of the first all black thing on the BBC and it to get panned. I love the whole show to be great, but I've always been like, well, I'm doing my job then if people can still not really like a show but they they like this character. Yeah.
1: Does that makes sense. That's fair. Makes a lot of sense. I feel like you obviously've learned from that and become a true OG actor. Like when when I heard Jimmy Akenbull, I hear OG, you've been in the game for a very, very long time. You've gone from Dennis Stein so let's say to, to Jeffrey. What is that special source that keeps you going? Uh
2: Leon the special source, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've, been in this, you've been in this game as long as me as well, bro. Like, please, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Now you've before, been doing
2: like, it. There's that level of persistence that you need to have in this business, right? Yeah. And how do you, how do you, how do you be persistent but still keep the love for it? Do you know what I'm right, saying? Right, you right, know? Right. I think the source for me is that somehow I've not got bitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I do get upset about the way that the industry works and you know the slow turning of the tide. But I've always kept the love for it. And um, I think there's a mixture of things. Before we started doing the TCM stuff, Triforce stuff, I think what helped me is working with great older actors, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And and just doing the work, watching and learning. Theater was my, I started out with theater. So like, by the time I did my first four or five years, I, I worked with people like, Ian McKellen, you know, Kathy Burke, you mm. know, Roger Lloyd Pack, um, you know, I've been at the national, you're seeing all these top, 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 top actors. Yeah. And I think that helped me to go, all right, what type of actor do I want to be? And what's the what kind of work ethic level do I need to have to get there? Mm-hmm. And then the other source I think is I started, we started just creating our own content or our own sort of Platforms mm. and we started understanding how unbalanced the business was, but trying to fill in those gaps with uh actor showcases or short film festivals right. or, or 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 networking nights. Mm. That was how uh Triumphal started. We just do networking nights once a month, and I'm telling you, from the beginning, you'd have people like Ben Wishaw, James Corden, Eamon Walker, OT Fagwinelli, you know, I me, mean? myself, oh, well, okay. like Javon Prince, like all of us would just be there just wow. a good night but everybody was at the same level just trying to trying to like carve out a career yeah. and then when you look at where all these names are now it's just beautiful mm. but there was a we were good at creating this community and I think that's for me that's the special source because you're you're around like-minded people that are doing their own things that have still got the desire to be the best that they can mm-hmm. and also you're not just focused on one thing you're trying to build your career, but also you're trying to affect and change the game in some way in terms of setting up your organisation, which you both know and
0: understand. Why acting? Why was that the lane, the first lane? Because you do produce, but I don't, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you write and you haven't directed yet. And have there are there plans to do that? But why directing? I mean, why acting in the first place?
2: Acting in the first place. When I was a kid, um, I used to love watching films with my my brothers mm. and I remember uh, comedy. I'm not a comedian, you know. I've done stand up when I was about 16 at the comedy school with Keith Parker. That's the same place that Rudy Liquid went, and uh, you know a lot of other big comedians. Yeah. But I realized then I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a young kid. I'm 16. I don't have any content. I'm just ripping Eddie Murphy jokes and yeah, 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 yeah. Jokes and them, you know, put them on stage. But what happened when I was a kid? I enjoyed seeing. My, like, my older brothers laugh.
1: They mm. would
2: cackle, like, old, you know, old women. And, and, and they, would <laughs> rewind, they would rewind the scene and they would cackle exactly, Is in, in exactly the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. See. And I, and I, I know it's, I'm sounding all great now, but I do remember the moment as a kid, do you know what I mean? So it's a yeah, hindsight course. moment. But there was something in me that loved having that effect on people. So at school, I was always a bit of the joker. So I'd go, we'd do drama, and we'd always go last. All the boys would do, like... do a quick scene about bank robbers or we do a scene about you know we play our parents you know Mm. what i'm saying or or we we do a scene about like being sort of i don't know jedi's whatever yeah 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 Yeah, we want to go last and be like yeah we're the best we're the best and i think there was something in the the shy boy of me would would come alive when i would be other characters okay and but i wanted to be a footballer you know okay so I was a bit late into the football game, but I always knew in Wright's story. So I was like, well, you know, I could still get signed when I was like 19 or 20, that'd be fine. Let me just make people laugh while I work out at the football game. And in that moment, guys, I was there for two weeks. They gave us an assignment to do a monologue, it could be fact or fiction. And I wrote this monologue, uh, I wish I had kept it. And It was about me, meeting my uh, biological brother Shengen, mm. Shengen Hibola, who, God rest his soul, has passed away but mm. like we, had, we didn't grow up together so I talked about us meeting and then getting arrested as teenagers but I did it as a Eddie Murphy raw stand-up oh, time, wow. you know? and, uh, and yeah and it got a standing ovation and in that moment, it hit me I was like, I want to be an actor I want to go to drama school right. and I want to be on TV and theatre and I've not stopped since. You know, I still try to do the football thing, but after a while, I fell in love with the acting game.
0: What, what position were you playing when you played football?
2: Uh, right wing and uh, striker.
0: What nice. does that mean, plays on the wing of the strike? What did you, you strike talking? the wings? What are you talking about? Is that chicken wings?
1: <laughs> Don't did,
0: you, know. did you strike the you match go? and do you kick know? the wings? Who do you, who, who do you su- I, support? I support Chelsea. And then... Wow. Well, actually, really... Why do you say wow for? Don't worry about it. Really... I support whoever I'm dating. Supports whoever I'm dating, who they support, because I don't want an so, easy life. Who do you support right now? That's very personal. What? <laughs>
1: all right, fine. So I'm trying to. All right, so you know who John Barnes is, right? Uh, no, no, no. I'm going, I'm going. Of course, I you know who John right Barnes. So John yeah. Barnes would have played on the left wing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so
1: opposite side. So the right wing is where Jimmy would have played.
0: That was a really horrible, basic explanation. I know what it is, really. Oh, you do? All right. So why are you asking for it? <laughs> uh, no, but...
1: <laughs> Anywho. Uh, um, so you starred in pretty much most of like the key British shows. Um, Holby, The Bill, mm-hmm. Doctors. They're seen as rite of passage projects. Mm-hmm. Um, like When you were starring in all of those projects, was there anything that you took from it that helped you with your career going forward?
2: Uh, yeah, with... Um with uh holby, holby city when i when i joined holby i'd already had a career you know i'd already done stuff like rev you know mm. i had done lots of stuff on stage i had done some indie movies and stuff like that so it wasn't the first job for me but what i learned is that this character him being the first gay black doctor on uk tv uh i learned that representation <laughs> What I, know? What I... I learned that I had to be really hands on with how I portray this guy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's one of those shows that, you know, the whole of the UK watches. Mm-hmm. I, mean? I, I, I think people know me who would still would still call me Malik to this day when I'm walking down London than they would Valentine. Yeah. You know what I mean, and now that's changed because of Jeffrey, you know. But I think what I learned is that they would write what they would write, but I learned that I had to be brave and take ownership about am I going to try and season it, season the dialogue a tiny bit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, to make it a bit more authentic. Am I also, how am I going to portray this, uh, this character, Malik, that's gay? You know, I remember meeting with a couple of my uh, gay black friends and we talked about the stereotypes. Yeah. The stereotypes on the TV, you know what I mean? I'm a, and, and that's as some of my white friends and So I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And so and then and it was written that he's this alpha maverick. So I was like, let me lean into that. I remember my agent at the time would always get hit on by by women and cast and directors, and he was he was gay. And you wouldn't be able to tell. And I was just like, let me lean into that. What does that look like? I was right. we, we talked about me and my friends about the gay scene in sort of uh, South London mm-hmm. and the clubs and like you see certain that you'd be like, uh, really Yeah <laughs> <What are> you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was such for me, it was really important to, to not make Malik a stereotype because of his sexuality, but also because of the color of his skin. Yeah. So, I didn't want to go ultra-camp, and I didn't also want to be, Yeah, black! Yeah, 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 black. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, give me the ICD, yeah? yeah I didn't yeah. want to do none of that. And I was like, they, if they tried to write that, that's not happening. Yeah. But what I did do is pepper in certain things that if you heard it you go, oh I know that guy that, that, that yeah. guy's from the east so he's from a certain place but he's a is a guy that's worked hard with the of his working class surroundings mm. and he's achieved you know his position where he's at and what happened after the first couple of episodes of me doing that in terms of physicality little you know you can't change the words too much because they'll tell you off but yeah. just a little bit little mannerisms and a little saying suddenly got to episode two episode three and they were writing for me in a way that i'm doing the character okay you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. and then we were we were just in sync and then we were boom. Mm. some things would still come forever like now nah, you wouldn't say it like that yeah but that just i learned that when you get a job like that it's it it's important for the actor to be brave make a bold choice and they either tell you, go, no nah, no nah, nah, we ain't doing that, or they get on board. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I remember one chat, I went into the room, they said, you're going to have a partner this year. I was like, all right, cool, cool. I'm going to have a partner. But I said, guys, this, this partner does have to be a black man. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, no, I'm, I'm not saying this because otherwise it looks like Matt doesn't deal with his own type, client. He doesn't deal with black men. They're like, what? I was like, well, the first guy kiss kissed was, white." Do you know what I mean? And then they've yeah. got this other character that he's had a thing. I was like, if we're talking about the, the love of his life, uh, for balance, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it needs to be a black guy. Otherwise, your your storytelling is all one side.
0: First of all, I wanted to ask, were you nervous? Because at, especially at the time of Malik, what year was that? We weren't as involved when it comes to se- uh, sexual, sexual male representation in this country, especially, and for black people gay characters. So there's that. And it's very interesting that you had that conversation because I, as a black woman watching black men on screen, especially in the UK, I think the UK has a, the mainstream has a problem with depicting black authentic love characters and characters in love together. And I don't know how many, and I'm going to be very biased on that this as a black woman, how many black men would actually fight to have representation where, you know what, the love of my life should be a black woman because you see so many mixed race relationships, especially led by black men in the UK especially. And I think black women actresses would probably argue a bit more about having a black partner than it seems black actors. So it's interesting you would do that from the perspective of Malik being a gay character as well.
2: Yeah. Well, well it's interesting, but as we started this podcast, I bet you asked be the of man I am. That's- that I, I learned that from the Crouches, right?
0: Mm. I learned right. That
2: in terms of, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, okay, we're telling a story, but I was very aware of like the outside optics. And so I, I realized that I'm playing this character. I know many actors that wouldn't even go up from that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm hearing all these stories. And I think it's so interesting when you are, in a, you know, a, a black actor, you know, because. Sometimes you can't just get on with the job. You do have to think about, the, out, you know, your community in yeah. the outside world, how is it going to come across? And yeah. I feel like it's so unfair, because, yeah, you know I mean? Some Asian actors, they talk about it. they have to as well, but but like it's so unfair that you know actors don't have to do that. Yeah. But I was like, it is our responsibility. If I just rock up and I'm letting my character look a certain way or be a certain way, and I haven't had, I've not had a chance to get my hands on it and create it and make it be Authentic, that's what we're trying to be. Authentic, yeah. we're all different. Mm. But I, I just can't, you know, you can't just let certain things slide because then they do become stereotypes.
0: You've mentioned yeah. Triforce. Let's talk about Triforce the film festival, the production company, the shows you've made, including The Brilliant, Sorry I Didn't Know. Why did you start it? You did say a little bit why you started it. Maybe you'll we'll talk about its legacy and your, your goals and intentions going forward.
2: The legacy, we started it just because <laughs> the industry was. Very similar to how it is now. Yeah, <laughs> not much has changed. We started it at a time where we were very young and we were busy as actors and creatives. That we realised that we had uh, access to to the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we had a certain kind of pool that people that were, you know, ahead of us, you know, in terms of higher you know, bigger profile people. They weren't doing the things that we were doing. We're like. I well, that phrase? we're the only ones doing this kind of work. Yeah. And then we realized that how important that is. And I think it came from a selfless place, a place of community. Do you know what I mean? How powerful we are when we all come together and the great things that happen when we all come together. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then from that, we realized that we create the community before we created a company. And then we created the company, and it was like, well, what do we want to do with this community? We were like, well, we want to provide a platform for them to be seen and to have proper engagement by the gatekeepers, mm. proper tangible outcomes, be it representation, get a job with the BBC to write for, a, you know, drama, or comedy. And then we were like, well, what, is the, what do those things look like? And that's when we decided to do the Short Film Festival, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started doing Monologue Slam, and then we started doing Writer Slam, Cool, we're selfless and we're hooking people up, but we also want to tell stories and make content. And so, the next step was to make the production company. But within everything that we do, guys, it's always been about you know inclusion and diversity. You know, we're saying these words now, but we would never say those words. But if you come to our night, you would just see it. Although, I do remember people going. Uh, can I come, Jim? It's a, it's a black thing, though, isn't it? I'm just like, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Back in the day, you would see me and is on the posters of just trying to promote come through, come through. I was like, no, it's for everybody. Mm. And also, you know, we talk about Fraser a mixed race guy. Do you know what I mean? His mum's white squash, his dad's uh, from Barbados. You know what I mean? I'm a rich, born Nigerian, but at the same time, I've got a white foster family. You know, his mm. wife's mm. a white woman. And our friend group is so diverse, inclusive journey, yeah. that there was no sort of, we need to get this many people that look like this, who's like, these are our people, these are our family and friends. And so that stayed with us. That's been our IP all the way through to the point where you look at, sorry, I didn't know. You know, you look at Handle Wolf Care when it comes out. It's in all our work. You mm-hmm. know, we've got uh, Dead Canning coming out on UK TV. And again, we pitched right a slam to that channel and they picked it up. They were taking talent from their bedrooms to the to to the main screen mm. and again that's selfless but it's selfless with intention and the intention is about diversity and inclusion
1: i just want to like um pick up on that um in regards to writer slam and monologue slam i feel like there's a good portion of people um in the in the acting the um, writing community that know about it but there's probably some that don't so i'd love for you to like speak a bit more about it because i think it's extremely important and the way you guys have been able to kind of maneuver in the industry and get um, channels and production companies on board to help you push people forward is, is extremely mm. important. So, yeah, I'd love you to speak a bit on it.
2: Oh, no, thank you so much. I suppose for those of you who are listening, you know, you might be writing that that that, that drama, that comedy right now. But it's like, how do you get it read? How do you get yourself seen? And um uh, writer Slam is a, a free showcase where we would get submissions over maybe a 1,000 submissions. And what we would do, the way that Fraser created this, he, some of the similar writing competitions, they'd be like, yes, send us a whole script. And I was like, well, you know what? If Darren, who's like juggling, Ubering, working in Sainsbury's, Germany, and he's an actor, just slash writer, for him to take time out and write a whole script, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Mm. Steve, who comes from more of a wealthy family, then, then it just creates an, an imbalance. So Fraser was like, the way we wanna do it is just create 10 pages, you know, so just give us 10 pages and you can only use five characters. And it sort of really leveled the playing field. And, um, and then once we, we got the structure of how we went to do it, it was for us to make the channels and the production companies accountable. It was like you can't just do these schemes and then you say i'll say to a cooler, well, how did it go when you did that you know that scheme for for for, for bane writers i yeah. you know yeah, no, we don't say that anymore You're like, you like give me nothing nothing happened yeah. so we were like we don't want to be like that there needs to be tangible outcomes so for those of you that are listening like hit us up uh, at com and ask us when the next one is because it's like just submit and it and we, if it's good, it will rise to the top. It's very competitive out there. And we will put you in front of the Netflix series. Mm. We'll put you in front of the B- these ITVs. We will help you get an agent. So everybody that's judging the final six or eight that gets picked is a top agent, top production company and a top channel. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then the same is with uh, for Monolog Slam in terms of if you're an actor, you actually don't have an agent, then this free to showcase, again, many companies charge 300 pounds because you're bringing Nina Gold or you're bringing the headwoman for the BBC to watch people. But we're like, no, we ain't doing that. It shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so proud that people that have come through Monologue Slam are people like Chizy Akadulu, you know, or Oliver Stark, that's on nine one one now in now uh, in America, and many, many other people that if they haven't got representation from it, They've got a sense of confidence, you know, mm. and some people it monologues hand, and they would write their own speeches and then they turn them into short films and then we would, they would put them in our short film festival. So you've got that full yeah. circle thing yeah. and we're just very good about supporting, championing uh, talent and even when the industry don't really support us
1: on it. So it is ad time.
0: Ding ding the lyndin ding gling ding 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 gling ding yeah but i'm doing it ding gling ding 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 do you want them to sponsor us or okay i feel like that's freaking bars or beats all right so this is our advert we are being sponsored by Soho works. Soho works. So Soho works is Soho House's co-working space.
1: With sites across London, New York and LA it's the perfect place for the traveling professional to
0: work. Membership grants you access to all their global sites where podcast equipment, meeting and screening rooms are available for hire.
1: To view locations and apply visit www.sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works.
0: That's www.sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works.
1: And then you can do your outro song if you want. Uh, I will cut that and record
0: over it. Soho works. It's the place to be if you want to work. In Soho? Soho. <laughs>
1: So obviously, I, I I know you as as the OG British actor, right? I've seen your work across many shows in in the UK, but it still feels sometimes in general that the UK is UKing mm. when it comes to representation of Black actors. And so obviously, a lot of actors end up migrating to uh, America, including yourself. Tell us how that experience has been for you, one and two. Do you still feel a level of frustration when it comes to UK representation for 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 Black actors?
2: Um. I think me moving to the okay. US was it was partly I felt like I'd hit the glass ceiling here. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that frustration with that. When I looked around who was on TV or what was being made, I was just like, off the back of coming kind out of, that of a hobby, I was just like, if I sit around, ah, this is not going to be good for my mental health. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, then, and for that, keeping that source, that, that love for the business. So I, I backed myself and I did i I moved to the u s but I moved to the u s with a with an inner strategy which was work in the u s but but don't stop working in the u k for the right thing yeah you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, And there are some actors that like they are they're done. they're like i don't want to come back to the uk because it's treated me this way and it's just not changing and i was a bit like i think because of the work that i do with the tcm and because of like the big picture i was like no i want i want to do the work i love and do in the place that i was born um but that that took work right that took like i said no to a lot of the uk things that were frustrating i was like i I feel like I've done this. I feel like that's not moving my career forward. I feel like that's got people of colour in it, but they're all in the background or they're very, you know, supporting. I'm like, why is the lead guy? The lead guy could be, be me. And it doesn't have to be anything about my race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and I and I think that was happening a lot. When I watched normal people doing the lockdown, the, the love story, the Irish love story, I loved it, it's one of my favorite things I watched. But I watched that and I realized See what happens? We don't have anything like that. There's so much work to be done just to to change the dial and for us to do stories that are equivalent with that. You know mm. what I mean? So, like, I love dreaming as like, black. I just love that and I think that's moving in a certain direction. Like, again, like the, there's a there's a sense even like within the title and within the nuanced comedy, it's doing something. But I'm just like, there's so many stories out there where it doesn't I mean, have to I be about race. You know I Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? um so i can look at that and go well yeah this is how i feel i'm just gonna sit here we're gonna have coffees we're gonna just get annoyed about it upset or i'm a man that i'm always moving and i've always got my own lane you know I, i'm a bit more of a kenyan runner actor do you know what i mean yeah. in the early days i'll see ot pop off i see javon have his show david jesse like we all we're all good friends and i just said to myself i always knew I work in a different way, um, I've got a different lane. so when I went to America, I got the green card, I think I had a 20k in my back pocket, I wasn't coming off of, you know, Peaky Blinders, or spooks mm. or anything, Americans go, I know who you are, I had to start again from the bottom, and, uh, and it was humbling, but also exciting, because I think, when you're from the UK, and when you are black, there's a certain level, I hate this word, but, a uh, level of hustle and grind you have to do mm. to to be seen. Mm-hmm. That once you get to a place where they're just like, oh, 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 what's this? Like that, that they that, that they celebrate talent. You, you and you get that moment. You go clear. Yeah. I, I was, you know. I just feel like America's very good at, at celebrating talent, nurturing talent. I feel like there's something maybe in the UK where I don't know. It's almost don't get to. They'll get too big for your boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's the thing where we they can be subservient and they don't want to celebrate themselves, but it's also a thing of like, it's very structured. You know, uh, have you done Hobby, have you done Casualty Have you done that? Yeah, it's that. I mean, just goes, who's this guy, Leon? This guy's amazing. What? He hasn't written any TV shows, but he's done his online stuff. We're going to give him a show over there. We're going to give him a development deal over there, and we're good. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, I, and, and, and my business brain could see that so clearly. You look at Idris' story, you look at Eamon Walker's story, mary Ann Jean-Baptiste's story, mm. Ashley Medekwe's story. Like, I could go on, yeah. you know, I could go on. Yeah. on David Ojala's story, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. There's so many where you just go, well, this makes sense now. But as David Ojala says, he didn't want to have to move his family from the UK to the US, but he felt like he had to to have the career that he felt like his talent deserves.
0: You have landed a very fantastic role in a very, very brilliant, could have gone horribly wrong, elevation of a theme of a story that we all love so dearly. Um, All the parts of Bel-Air are just beautiful, just beautiful, I can't fault it. I think I had a moment where I was annoyed with um, Carlton and Will's friction. I wanted it to stop because it got a bit too much. But that was my only gripe. I love, it's brilliant. And seeing you in this role, I must say, I love that you're saying it's full circle because when I see you, because we bump into each other regularly, you're the glow. Everyone's talking about glow up. And it's, I feel like glow up is a bit cheeky because like, well, well, I didn't look busted before. So now you're trying to say I look nice now. <laughs> but it was never. it's never that. Glow up sometimes is cheeky, but it is from within. It's like, this is Jimmy. Like this is Jimmy who you could have been Without me knowing your every personal character and all that type of stuff, I don't know you know you. I know you enough, but not in like personally as a best friend. But the Jimmy that I see that's humbly just making it in the UK, the Jimmy I see now since you've had this role, in this short space of time, is just this energy is around you. It's like you've arrived. And I'm really, it, it excites me seeing you like this, because I'm excited to see what else you can do with this kind of buoyancy, with this um, infusion of belief in what the fuck you can bring to the table cuz this is I think this you've done so much but this is the role that we all aspire to have we were acting that that kind of I can do this and be part of this but dynamic um, I'm look I'm thinking cuz Leon says I ask my, my questions are too long but I'm just actually celebrating you in yeah, this I have moment no question at all, Yeah it's good. just more like a statement cuz I'm like I'm, I I I I don't know how to put it into words I think I'm putting it into words that I'm just so happy to see you like this cuz you're glowing mm-hmm. like properly what is it like being a part of this fucking black cast of this fucking great show in la with these people looking beautiful and being a bad man jeffrey's a bad man yeah, yeah i love your um interpretation of jeffrey i think
1: that's so sick i know you put um words into that you obviously you were speaking about um the ogs and uh the crouches having to kind of like speak about how to portray a particular character i know from watching that straight away i said jimmy told them exactly how jeffrey's supposed to be
2: thank you thank you i did when honestly <laughs> i got goosebumps man like because now you're first of all thank you you know um it's interesting as i say like
0: i've you know you, you can know what you can do and who you are and but you, sometimes certain places don't let you shine yes
2: so, i don't much as like i i just feel like now i've been letting the dog do you know what i'm saying Yeah. know when i look at some of my characters, my work, I always try to make iconic characters. You know what I mean? If you think of Dennis Dutton, you crackhead Mick, Valentine, yeah. Malik, all even band writer, everyone's very different. And that comes from a place that I love the work, but it's mm-hmm. also uh, I think when I look at it and I'm hearing you, there's this thing of like, yo, like do you like I would like to be seen. I'm still gonna do this work, but I'd like to be seen. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And now that spotlight, that glow. It's not like, oh, suddenly, oh, look, Jimmy's gone all... He's gone all glorified. It's gone Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just like, no, this is this is me. This is the same guy that would host shows at Monolog Slam and, and how I would be when we're out partying and stuff like this. But now I think what I do think is like, there's a time in my life, you know, I'm a grown man now and like, Jeffrey's such an iconic character. Honestly. Um, and, and and the way they've got him dressed and the way we're looking mm. it's it's just it's just such a good thing. Like yeah there's the other actors maybe could have played it so obviously, you know, whoever gets the job gets to play it. But this just felt like the right role for me. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm. I was just like I, I can do it and I get what they're trying to do and I wanna assist them just to show no we don't all talk like that. He he would have moved like that, but he would move like this. And um and it's so nice that it's the nuanced stuff that comes. When I, when I came back to London and uh, I bumped into Gets, actually, he was just giving my flowers. and dream come true. Mm. It's a show that I grew up watching, you know? And uh, I know Joseph Marcel. He's played my father on Death in Paradise. Yeah. And now I'm playing a role. And it's just like, it's there's such a meant to be-ness about this job. Do you know what I mean? And so many some of the other yeah. cast members have got their stories. But for me the timing of this role and being seen. And, and, and you say controversial. I think, actually, I'm quite fearless with my work. I, th- I know it's going to be tricky, but I think I can land the plane. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There might be some people who say, Jimmy, you didn't land that one. But you don't know until you try it. And mm. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit like, I'm not about that. And I think Bel Air was like that for, not only for me to play Jeffrey, but for the, us as a cast to deliver this show it's right. a delicate piece of rp but the way it was picked up and made this young guy 27 in kc driving down the motorway had an idea of going a drama for the fresh prince of their Right. then thirty thousand of his own money this young director writer does short films and commercials at this point so he's got all the equipment he uses kc actors he shoots scenes in kc he goes to la to get all the la shots and then he makes this trailer better, Right, he puts it out. It goes viral in 2019. In the within the day, in a few hours, it lands on Will's desk. Will Smith's desk. In a few hours later, he gets a call from Will Smith, thinking he's going to get told off. And then Will's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "This is, you know, how I would redo your show." Will's like, "It's amazing. People pitch me this for the last 20 years. Uh, I've not seen anything like this. Uh, I guess we should try and sell it." <laughs> and then. The rest is history. Do you know what I mean? Peacock outbid, outbid Netflix, HBO, and they gave up. They gave us two seasons up front. You know? Wow. But if you look at that, that this young guy put this to Will, then Will has to go, I see what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And then I, you pick up the script and you've got your EPs, are people like Will Smith, Quincy Jones, the original EPs for the original show. Mm. You know? And so for me, I... I was confident that it was being made with the love, care, respect yeah, it deserves. Do you know what I mean? It it was honouring the original. But you can make what you make, but you can't control how the audience respond to it. You know, There was a lot of like, why are they doing it? A lot of hate. Mm -hmm. But what I loved was the public turnaround. Where, no, guys, I said this, don't sleep on Bel-Air, you've got to watch it. And then, of course, the social media response to it. My character, I can't lie,
0: lie. Honestly, you're a thirst trap right now. It's out there. The panties are being thrown at you, Jimmy. It's a lot. It's, and it's funny because I, like, I feel like I feel like your sister. You know, it's like your brother, like, well, who are you? Like, if people start saying Leon's handsome, I'm like, shut up, man. That's just you a little stop. this little brother, man. People Continue. like... Anyway, yes. <laughs> it's like mad it's like my little brother's getting girls straight talking We're like shut up that's just Jimmy man but it's also beautiful because it's that like I said the celebration is I'm so proud and it's just like one of us don't like who deserves to do good and it's like you're one of the good guys so it's like this is amazing thank you so much Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I
2: wanted to create a Jeffrey where when we sit down and go oh yeah I know man like that
0: yeah, 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 you know, stay.
2: You know, and I, and and the original, I didn't really know many people like that. Of course, that person, that's fine. But where we are now, I went to just turn the dial, and but I got to give it to Morgan Cooper. He was like, "Yeah, we ain't doing that Butler thing." I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, cool, cool." And and he gave me the direction he wanted to go, and I was like, "Say no more." it's that? I, I, I get it. I get it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I can't wait to you know see if I'm back for season two.
0: Mm. See, look at these lies. Of but course, I'm you're back. back. Imagine the whole internet will break if you're not back. Yeah, it yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> that was a rubbish. That was a rubbish hint, Jimmy. We know you're back. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'll. You can't say, it, I'll say it. <laughs> I will say you're back, and I'll write you back in myself.
1: Factual. Um, you are going to be in the new season of the Tower, right?
2: Uh, yes,
1: Tahira and um, Gemma
2: Weaver. Yes. yes,
1: yes, yes. Is there anything? Anything you're allowed to say about what happens this season or about your character? Uh,
2: <laughs> I've literally just uh, filmed season two. I mm-hmm. literally wrapped and then I just, you know, got back two days ago the LA. Um, so I am in it. Uh, all I will say is that the story continues. Okay. The season two is a bit edgier and darker. Uh, and... None like Steve is there.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> that's
2: about it. That's about it. That's about it. Well, I yeah. will say that job, you know, I really enjoyed the first season in terms of like, you know, something a little bit different for ITV. They could do a lot of dramas, but I just think Patrick Harpston, you know, adapted the books really well. But I love working with like Gemma Whelan and Tahira and Emmett. And, um, there's, I think, there's three or three or four other books. So, you know, wow. if you those who are listening, if you've ever read the books, Steve goes on a great journey. So, you know, I'm praying that we get to do that. <laughs> say no more. That's all I can say. That's all I can say.
1: That's all I can say. Say, say no enough. more. Fair enough. All right. So we we've gone we've gone high. We're gonna go low now. We're going to a dark section. A real dark question. Real dark. Uh, what has been? The worst no you've ever had.
2: The worst no? Ah, that's really good. I think my first, uh, like crush at school, this girl that I went to, yeah, 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 Cheryl. Yeah, I went to, I went to be a boyfriend, and you know, it wasn't like it wasn't an emphatic no, but it was a constant no. Oh,
0: Cheryl. <laughs>
2: yeah man yeah I am trying to drop love letters to her back and forth and it was just like no 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 different forms of no so yeah the first that was my first no that that hit that, that hit
0: that hit through <laughs> <laughs> and on a, on a better note yeah. what's been your most rewarding yes
2: uh, being loved by my uh, my foster family love
0: that yeah
1: love that What's a favorite on-screen role that you either wish was you or has inspired you? Your favorite ever on-screen role?
2: This is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, oh gosh, this is a really good one. Chris Tucker and Rush Hour and Last Dragon. You got the
1: glow. Um... I like Marshall
2: me doing some martial arts stuff. You know what I mean? Running up the walls. C-c-c-c-c- that's that. you. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Last Dragon and uh, Rush Child. I like that.
0: I can actually see you in a karate role. I think that's coming. <laughs> a karate roll. <laughs> karate roll. <laughs> I can see it. It's coming, man. Um, um, um oh, I lost my question. What are
1: you watching at the moment? Okay,
2: I just finished watching a uh, Love Life season two. Mm. I got told just to watch the second one, but I, I told the first one's good as well. But I'm just getting into season. Is it season four or five of Ozark? Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to get that done. And Peaky Blinders as well.
0: Quickly, before we go on to the final question in this section, you have mentioned with Care a few times. I'm looking forward to chairing the Q&A with you next week at BAFTA. You're not coming. Yes. Fine. Um, yes, Fine. I haven't done my questions yet. I will be doing them. Uh, but yeah, can you just give us a little bit of um, a rundown of what that is quickly and then yes. just so people know.
2: No, thank you for giving me space for that. Yeah, Handle With Care is a documentary uh, about my experience growing up in the care system, me being fostered. And um, what's the reason I pitched it to the ITV? It's been on my mind for, for a few years, like what to do uh, what do I want to do with my story, do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. do I want to be an artist with it. And I and I just feel like when it comes to care stories of people that have been through care, when it comes to stuff that's put out there in the media, it's always just full on negative, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not the full story. I, I, I had to overcome mm-hmm. a lot of tough hurdles, but, overall my experience was positive and yet i never really see that and so i just wanted to create a a piece that talks about how the uk deals with care as well Mm. you know that isn't the black and white thing but also explores the importance of care unconditional love and again i think this word pops up a few times of uh perseverance and not allowing your your the early moments in your life to dictate the rest of your life, mm. you know, and uh, I'm really proud of this because we've made it, the production company, Triforce Production has made it, but also I've been able to, again, uh, give thanks to the people that have inspired me, you know, people like Lorraine Pascal, you know, Lenny James, John Fashion, and stuff like that, and uh, and i'm really really excited to share it with everyone it's probably the the best time and the worst time for me to do it you know in terms of like i, I lost a lot of family members over the last few years um and at the same time i always wanted to do do this documentary but booking bel-air and that bel-air story Betty medina being adopted yeah. by like a white american family. And so Will Smith's character is supposed to be Benny. So, like, again, do you know that alignment? Where I'm just, yeah. Oh my God, like, my life's changed I grew up watching bel <laughs> And actually, when doing research about my doc, I realized the character I love, Will's character, is a version of myself. And yeah. now I'm doing a documentary Crazy. about that whole journey. Yeah. I'm just, like, meant to be, you know? Yeah, and yeah. the whole thing, though, guys, is just about a different lens, a, posit- a bit of a positive uh, healing uh, Loving dots. So yeah, man, I can't wait to share it. It's it's very good.
1: There is a picture of you, Jimmy. Right? Uh, it's in black and white. You are mm-hmm. looking pensive in it, looking into the distance. Then it has your name in cursive on this picture, and then there is a quote above the picture, just just to the just to our right. What does that mm-hmm. quote say? What's the quote that defines you? And it doesn't have to be anything in, like, you know, it doesn't have to be Confucius or anything like that. It's just a quote you enjoy, You may, maybe you live by.
2: I think the quote would be bringing wealth from abroad. From abroad. Yeah. Oh, okay, give, con- give us context. Give, more- give, con- yeah. give us context. Okay, so my middle names, Bamidele, Ola Tucumbo. they represent that I was, as uh, a Nigerian, I was born in foreign land, okay? They were, they, they. they, you know, Bad paraphrase. I don't speak Europe, but, but you know, it's like bring wealth from abroad or return home. Get with, it? You know, mm. so so when I look at my journey, where I'm in my life, born in the UK, you know, everything I do, like the, the Nigerian blood in my body, you know what I mean? It's like any any of the success and the good is it, resonating here in the UK, or in, in, it also goes back to LA, but. Now I'm living in L.A., do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's resonating back like in the U.K., that. Nigeria. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think that, that is beautiful
0: for me, you know? No, that bring- beautiful. And, and that, that lines up with, you know,
2: stepping into your, into your power, into your light, and just owning who you are, right? Yep.
1: Name this.
0: Movie show TV film quiz name
1: this show
0: name thing. thing. <laughs> All right, so this now this is time for the best part of your life, the best experience of your life, the best game you're ever going to play in your life. Now it's time for name this TV show movie game quiz show thing. So basically, you're just going to guess the name of a title of a show or a film based on clues that I'm going to give you. Just quickly, I'll give you how it's going to run down. The first clue, which is worth four points, I'll give you some odd words or syllables from the title. Clue two, which is worth three points, will give you how many words are in the title. If you can't get it from one, clue two, I'll let you know how many words are in the title. Clue three, worth two points. If you can't get it by then, I'll give you one word to describe the project. And if you still can't get it, after all these easy clues that I've given you, clue four, worth one point, I'll give you a description of one of the characters in the show or the film. You do have license to call a friend, which is this traitor over here (laughs) who tends to give all the answers away. Are you clear? In what I have said, Mr. Contestant.
2: I am very clear. I am very
0: clear. So, today's theme of the projects of TV shows and films are rags to riches themes in honor of Fresh Prince of Bel Air.
1: All right. So, one word from the title, right? The word from the title is of. Uh, By the way, these are all Fresh her. Of- yes, there you go. Well done. You got it.
0: See, it was so easy. This is how easy this game is. <laughs> you are winning already. Fun fact, by the way, the episode that Will realised Fresh Prince was on the decline by season five was the gunshot episode. Apparently, in trivia, it says that the one where Will got shot and then Carlton got a gun, that was the one that Will was like, enough is enough. This series is dying. We're going to end it on season six. Really? Yes, apparently so. That was a good episode. I know. But he must (laughs) have been, I think maybe it's like, you can't top that now. We've done too much. Okay. Maybe that's where he's coming from. Okay, so the next clue, the next project, I'm going to give you Words from the title, and the.
1: Rags to riches. Rags to riches. Beauty and the beast. Oh. Hmm? No. Beauty and the beast. No. Beauty and the beast. No. Good. Good guess though.
2: No, Give me. Give me. Give me another clue.
0: There are six words in the title. Six words. <laughs> it's really easy, Jimmy.
2: It's really easy. Okay, that helps. And the. Uh,
0: Would you like another clue? Okay, the yeah, next. Give me clue. The theme <laughs> of the, sh- the the project is small.
1: When you find out the answer.
0: <laughs> no, because th- if you think about it metaphorically and physically, small is a thing in this show. Being small. It's a show. Or a project or a film. It's a TV show or film. It's a film. I'll give you that. It's a film.
2: Film. Uh...
0: And the six words in the title. The theme is small metaphorically. And physically. Oh, gosh. You can ask if... What do you want to do, fellow friend? friend? Okay. Alright. Um. Be careful. Gene Wilder. What's wrong with you? What? That's a, such a huge clue. Gene Wilder.
1: Gene Wilder. Mm.
0: And... Uh,
1: yeah? Yeah. Gene Wilder? You know, don't think of Richard Pryor films. Yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> that's to what I'm you're going, going to. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's his uh, most uh, iconic role? I guess isn't that most, most? Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, chocolate fractured. Really? want can kind of chocolate? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chocolate
0: yes. Well done. Because why don't you just yeah. tell him what it is? <laughs> the fun fact about this: the chocolate river in this film was made from 150 gallons of water, real chocolate and cream. Um, apparently, because of the cream, the mixture began to small, and by the end of filming, it smelled disgusting. Just a fun fact about that film. Go! It's, oh, my
1: God. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have to give you... Syllables. Well, I'd say we have to. We've, um, the quiz has chosen to give you two syllables from the title. Sorry, in advance. Um, mm-hmm.
0: The syllables are ta and ton. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. Even as you're saying it, you know what it is. Top one, bo- no, no,
2: not top one. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, give me another clue.
1: There's three words in a title and if, if it helps, there are five, five <laughs> syllables.
0: One word has one, one word has two, the other word has two. Yes. Ta-ton, easy. Ta-ton. <laughs> do you want the you... you next clue? This is disgusting. Yes, go on, give me another clue. Top ton This is
2: going to kill me. I know it's going to make
0: me angry. Uh, rebellion. That's the kind of theme, rebellion in this rags to riches tale, where Ta and Ton make up the title. Rebellion rags to riches. This game is the best game ever. I'm going to get so famous from this game.
1: Is it? Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Probably.
0: People get angry by now. You're appreciating the the, the levels. Do you want your final clue? Do you want your final clue, Jim?
1: I started off so well. That's (laughs) alright. The police are targeted vocally by some local youth.
0: Do you want the answer? Go
1: on, it, is Go on, straight, it is straight out of Compton. <laughs>
0: no! <laughs> okay, fun fact. Straight out of Compton was the highest grossing music biopic until 2018 when Bohemian Rhapsody grossed over 901 million. And it hasn't ever been screened in Compton because Compton does not have a cinema. Oh, wow. No. Two words in the title The and of. Rags to Riches.
2: The Wizard of War.
0: No, but well done. Okay do you want your next clue there are four words in the title there are five words in there the are title. five words in the title <laughs> sorry i'm getting tired oh, there are five words in the title the of it's very easy
1: uh, give me give me give me a clue, clue three drugs do you want to phone a friend drugs
2: to riches.
1: i mean is is, <laughs> is drugs a good clue i don't know drugs is a good clue yeah, all right um, call a friend man call a friend All right, this is a visual cue for you, Jimmy. Oh my God. The
0: Wolf of Wall Street. Well done. Leon, just...
2: I was thinking of it, but I couldn't see. I I just had to get him
0: over the line because he knew this is why he's a traitor he's not supposed to tell you the freaking answer fun fact about wolf of wall street the word fuck is said 569 times making this the film with the most use of the word in a mainstream r-rated non-documentary film until Swearnet the movie in 2014 which had 935 recorded uses Swear final Swear one which you're going to get you should get it in one easy
1: <laughs> yeah right all right cool and final one <laughs> words from the title again the and of you've spoken about an actor in this project uh, actually. Happiness. Sorry?
2: The pursuit of happiness. Yes. That came in
1: the book. He said it before, before even. I said it. Yeah, you can't even say nothing. Can you
2: listen to this before he even gets onto his thing? The pursuit of happiness. Well before he even got
0: there. Well done. Yes. You are one of our best contestants possibly. You might be on the top of the leaderboard. Alright, so the yes. final part of the show.
1: This is called The Process. So, Jimmy, what we do, right, it's kind of like a builder story. So, at the start of the season, we had Aisha Bywaters, who is a casting director. She sets off a story, right? And then the next guest after that continues the story. Then the next guest continues the story after that, and so on and so on and so forth. So, we've now come up with this... Well, they've come up with this... Um, what do you even call it? Sci-fi uh, comedy thriller like sci-fi drama. Sci-fi comedy thriller <laughs> drama. You know, as things go, people just change directions of stuff. But it's very, very interesting. And it's taken a very um, interesting turn, I'll say that.
0: So basically, we've had three girlfriends who have come to Carnival. It's the first Carnival after lockdown. Um, they came to meet a guy. Well, two of them came to meet a guy who they met online who wasn't very um, forthcoming with his the information. But they're like, we're going to meet this guy. And they met another friend who said, yep, she's also met a guy online. Um and it turns out it's the same. It's the same guy. He turns up. They're like, ah, oh, shucks. So they decide. Are they thinking, shall we have him up, mash him up, and beat him up, and then? At carnival or should we just have fun at carnival and just forget about it it doesn't matter so they all decide to just enjoy carnival he actually stays along with them and he enjoys carnival whilst they're trying to figure him out because they're like he's a bit dodgy though still um so they're trying to ply him with drink to get the truth out of him wondering why he lied why he didn't explain who he was all that type of stuff they're plying with the drink but he keeps, re- pl- he keeps refusing the drinks and in one moment because carnival's hustly bustly he falls to the ground uh in that moment, the girls take advantage and pour drink down his throat. And instead of choking and spluttering as you would, he actually malfunctions, short circuits, and goes deep like deep powers or whatever you call it. He just turns off. So the girls are a bit confused. Two of them go off to um, a rice and peas stall, thinking, "Let's get some rice and soak him up, and maybe he'll dry out and <laughs> get turned back on." <laughs> Nonsense, of course. But you know, when they're they're a bit tipsy, they're not thinking straight. So they go off and get the rice and peas. Um in their return upon their return why is the guy gone with one of their friends and um, he just just totally disappeared and then they start noticing that um that no then, then they realize there's a piece of his uh, uh his like body i guess because he's a robot um is on the floor with a logo a significant logo now this logo is something that they've seen all around carnival and they realize that the sponsors who've got the same logo i mean the sponsor yeah the sponsors of carnival have the same logo that's on this um, robot man's thing, so they're very confused, thinking what they're going to do, how they're going to get um, get get this situation sorted, and where's their friend at this point? So they um, go around carnival trying to figure it out. In the process, well, are they still lean? They're still um, uh, confused. They decide to go go and have a wee, as girls do sometimes behind a bush for some reason. So this is where Talisa, Tixera. Did I say her surname? Teixeira. Talisa, the wonderful actress, Talisa Teixeira. I hope I say, I'm messing up her name. Anyway, this is where she has taken it. She said the girls are running, running around. They find somewhere to wee. And as they wee, they realize that a bit of the floor dissolves or something like that. And like, what's going on here? So what, what looks like a piece of bush is a piece of cardboard. And then they realize it's actually a piece of scenery. And then they like, so they take out one of the girls, Rachel, takes out her little bottle of rum, pours it, around and they realized everything's crumbling and disintegrating um so as she peels the cardboard back they realize they're in a studio and there's all these white people with cameras and booms quietly saying mayday 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 shit's gone left shit's gone left we've got to fix the scene fix the scenery two big men with glasses with a syringe come for them one of them gets jabbed Another one, she faints. Another one gets jabbed. They both all get jabbed and get attacked by these um, security guards. And then they get dragged into a dark room. Continue. <laughs> 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 oh my God. This is not my story. Get, this is not the game.
2: They get this dark room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they get start getting strapped up. Only you know, these seats, you know, like like you're on a dentist chair. Yeah. Yes. But then they strap, they strap their hands in. i like, what's going on? What's going on? And then suddenly there's this, like, evil woman, you know, with this drill, you know, and, and it's... And the, the drill piece is going very close to their eyes and they're screaming. They're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, this... You hear this music, you know, you hear this music, and it's a Thames tune. You don't need nobody. Thames floats into the room, Do you know what I mean? And then she just goes, (laughs) she's the one with the drill, and then they have a a kung fu fight. (laughs) They go at it, bam, 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 and the girls are still strapped in the the chair screaming, what's going on, what's going on? And Tem's, You don't need no. <laughs> banishes, banishes the woman with the drill, right? <laughs> and, and she doesn't wake up the woman with the drill. She, she's, she's dead, you know? Mm-mm. And then they say, Who are you? And Tem says, Wakanda vision. Wow. And then they black out and they're back on the streets taking a pee. And they pull up the the you know the panty and everything, and then they hear, <laughs> and they look on the side of the floor, and there's the
1: there's the drill spinning.
0: Oh wow! And, I'm gonna,
1: and he's gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. Leave it there. Amazing.
0: Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, thank you I so much I think that
2: person come back and take out the robots but
1: anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think so too thank you so much I know it's early it. where you are we appreciate you waking up and dealing with our madness so early in the morning it's, it's been
2: a joy thank you it's great to do this at last and uh, yeah no thank you for the love support always from both of you and uh, yeah catch you both in LA soon for sure, Um, for sure. yes
1: please where can the people then find you
2: uh, they can find me on Insta, Jimmy Acambola, uh on the Twitter. Uh, and that's about it, man. I don't do the TikTok business.
0: <laughs> no, please. It's, it's, it's too much. It, Jimmy man. Thank, thank
1: you.
0: Thank you. Man. Thank you. Love guys. Thank you so much. Have no a blessed, yeah. blessed, blessed, blessed day. A good day man.